Hi, my name is Megan, and I'm a trans woman. And I'm Nate, assigned male at birth and living a male life. We're going to have a conversation about what it means to live an authentic life. If you're trans, think you might be trans, or know trans people but aren't one yourself, we have something interesting to talk about. Our goal is to normalize talking about the human experience. Welcome to the Transversation. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Nate. We have our special guest, Matt, with us again today. Yes, we do. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Today's format's going to be a little bit different than normal. Our target audience today is going to be people who will be hiring or at least interviewing trans or non-binary people and who may not have that much experience with that in their personal history. They may or may not have read much through HR literature or legal things, and either way might be a bit uncomfortable the first time they're at a hiring event or uh, call back an applicant and the voice doesn't quite line up or something either way at some point tips them off that they might be dealing with a trans or non-binary person. Yeah. Megan was telling me a story the other day about you at a hiring event. Would you tell us that story? Oh, absolutely. So we do these hiring events every so often just to generate some interest in the job. And we actually had a trans woman walk in and everyone observed and saw that she was interested and they kind of looked around and waited for a bit. And there was a slight hesitation which I think can be warranted if you're not super well-versed in how to treat people. <laughs> yeah, when you break it down, it suddenly it seems <laughs> it, less it, it warranted. But it made sense going into it. So, so they were hesitant. And, and then what happened? So yeah, they saw her and they uh, like, oh, are you looking to, to interview? She goes, yeah, of course. Great. And they looked around again and they caught eyes with me. And they go, Matt, would you like to take this interview? Absolutely. I'd love to. And I introduced myself. Hi, I'm Matt. What's your name? And my name is Amber. Great, Amber. It's nice to meet you. I'll take over here. Let's sit down. We had a great conversation, great interview. She showed up really well. And I recommended for hire. I think reviewing on it, though, after reflecting on it, a lot of my peers, they don't have a lot of trans or non-binary people that work for them. Maybe they also don't have a lot of opportunities to have those conversations. So it's nothing against them. They're just not super well-versed in it yet. And that's what we're trying to help with now so that somebody else in their shoes at a future hiring event can walk in with a little bit of ease and grace. What's the first thing? Assuming you've never met a trans person before, somebody comes in the door. Megan, how would you like to be treated? Assuming positive intent all around, but inexperience and naivety all around. This person comes in. They've never really met a trans person before. For whatever reason, how do you like to be treated? The most basic way would be just like a person. But describe that. We're assuming that they're going to be nervous, perhaps uncomfortable. What are the simple steps that they can do that is like a person? If they, I've got a mental checklist, if I A, B, and C, this person walking in the door, I'll be okay. You know, if it's someone who has very little experience, I'm not necessarily expecting them to be like, hi, what's your name? What's your pronouns? Although I'd love for that to be a thing. So it's okay to just, with some stranger, sight unseen, you can just walk in and say, hi, what's your name and what are your pronouns? In my ideal world, that's what I would want, is everybody to ask that. Even if you make that assumption, you might not be right, but that would be what I would hope. But in today's reality, I would just want if they do make an assumption and if it's the wrong one and I make it, you know, that quick correction, that that's what they 
take and go like just so go with roll with it with grace. So if you're the interviewer, it's completely okay to introduce yourself and then ask pronouns like that's a normal question. Absolutely. Oh, so you like blue? Oh, what are your pronouns? And give it that weight. So if you're interviewing and haven't interviewed trans people, but have that might be coming up, get comfortable with that question, rehearse that question in your mind so that it is not hard for you to ask. And then know that if you make the mistake, it's okay. Your interviewee really wants the job and they'll be extra forgiving. And if you show that little bit of effort, then it's already water under the bridge. Is that about right? Yeah. And I mean, you clearly have never met this person before. And there's going to be a lot of assumptions based on the paperwork that they potentially submitted. So making those kind of errors is more acceptable here than in other scenarios. Because there's a potential here where the interviewer has seen both legal and chosen names. Yes. And so there's already going to begin, we have a male and a female name here. That can be an indicator that perhaps start with asking pronouns. Great. Yeah, that's actually exactly what happened. Okay. So I had the application in hand with legal name and preferred name. And sometimes I don't flip over to the next page to see, you know, preferred name. Mm -hmm. So right away, some people, oh, hey, my name's Luke. Oh, right here it says Lucas. I'm not going to go... Your name here is Lucas, though. Are you the same person? I, I would never do that. <laughs> are you Are you really the Is this exactly person? Lucas? I think we have the wrong person. I would never do that. So if I have a paper in my hand and it's the same person, it says a different name, I'd flip and see what they prefer to be called. And I would just ask. Which you would do if it were a Luke or Lucas anyway. Exactly you would right. ask, oh, what do you like to be called? Exactly right. It's a really normal question it when is. we take the trans component out of it. Yeah. And are you like, Nathan or Nathaniel? Exactly. Okay. Well, what do you go by? Right. What's your name? So it's a simple thing. So if I see these names on your application, Megan, I'll say, oh, what name do you prefer? What are your pronouns? It's just the very, very basic, no big deal is really the first thing. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're all working towards, what we're all hoping for. I've sat down at your table. You're interviewing me and I'm a trans person. We've at least exchanged names now. We've got pronouns handled. What is the next thing that you're looking for as an employer? I'm looking for someone who I can depend on, someone who has a great personality, someone who's comfortable with, in my case, other people, especially since we're so people forward. We need someone who has a great personality and can get along with others. So what you're looking for then, to separate issues, which is very intentional, somebody who shows up in a dress and wears it comfortably is worth a lot. Absolutely. Somebody who walks in completely awkwardly and very unsure of themselves at an interview may or may not be any better in public. Absolutely. So there's a certain air of confidence, regardless of presentation, regardless of what they're wearing, sure. that you want. But also as the interviewer, I have to recognize in this special case, maybe this is their first time coming out with a dress and their name is Amber. So I'm going to say, hi, Amber, make the situation much easier than it has to be. Say, my name's Matt. Let me talk about myself and let's talk about you. Give them the opportunity to describe however they want to describe themselves and then go from there. So I view myself as an ally. I make the interview way easy. Not in like making it, you know, super easy, but like I make it so that it's not intimidating. But for the record, that is the same way you handle all of the interviews. That is your interview style. I break it down. Absolutely. So if someone is already nervous or uncomfortable, even if they're not trans, they just assume the best, you know, maybe they don't interview well. Let me see how I can make this easy for and them. And we've had a handful of those as well that really open up a little bit later on, but that's the gamble in hiring and some of them work and some of them don't. Yeah. And I find that with hiring tactics, if you make it less intimidating and you don't make it super formal, 
you get more of them and who they really are. Because the fact is you're hiring them as a person. They're going to socially be working with you. Exactly. It's not for most jobs, a very rigid, formal work environment. And sometimes the customer facing portion is absolutely, but there's still all the behind the scenes where you've got coworkers and these are your people that you're spending time with. Seeing how they act in a more casual way is far more valuable than seeing what their extremely formal presented self is when they know everybody's watching. Absolutely right. And them trying to show the try to be confident in themselves. And it's super intimidating, especially if you're coming from a position of like, I really need a job right now. Yeah, I've had plenty of that happen. And that's why I treat all interviews the same. I break it down, make it less intimidating. I joke. I make fun and of myself. You know what you're looking for and the criteria you've got ahead of time, you know what criteria you're looking for. And there are very, very few jobs where the attribute of being trans would make somebody more or less qualified for those attributes that you're looking for. Right. You can have really charismatic people. Absolutely. Completely independent of gender or sex. And you can have people that have no charisma whatsoever, regardless of these things as well. Right. So in interviewing, it's a matter of having exactly what you're looking for, or at least even vaguely what you're looking for, those criteria. Of course. Pre-planned so that when somebody who comes in as trans, actually it doesn't have to mean anything to you. It's not a deciding factor. One no, it's, it's an attribute of that person, but it means nothing to the hiring process at all. Let's assume that somebody wants to be hired and they be past the interview process and they make these things. How do you prepare your workforce. Let's assume here that this is a workforce that does not have much experience with trans people. Let's assume that Megan is your new hiree and you would like her to succeed in this new workforce. Between, you can both answer this one. Assuming you, Megan, want to walk into a new job, you have a hunch that statistically you're likely to be the only trans person there. Yeah, probably. You walk in. What do you want to be greeted with? What experience should your first day look like, your first week? I mean... In my experience, at least, that's usually where I'm establishing that I go by she, her pronouns and should be referred to as such. And like, Megan is my name. And it's gotten a lot easier, especially as we've moved forward. A lot of companies have the preferred name is the only thing that shows up to anything outside of like HR and legal. So did you used to worry about being outed or being called the wrong name at new jobs or a new location? Yeah, especially, again, when some of the other places I've worked didn't have a place for me to put in a preferred name and then where that preferred name would go over. So people would come in and out of that department. It was just kind of a revolving door. And so it's every single time, well, who's this person right. that I have to explain? That's me and whatnot. So other than being outed with wrong names, what else is nice to walk into? What is the ideal first week? I would just want whatever job I'm doing to just be trained in the same way that you would train any other person, any other new hire, you know, and have those interactions like where me being trans really doesn't matter. Okay. So many of these episodes keep coming back to that. Anyway, treat us like people. Right. And that's it. The reality of it is different, and this is a changing time. Matt, how do you prepare your workforce if you're having your first trans person come to the floor? That's a great question. I would assume that my workforce has a great culture, and they're already open and accepting. 
Because those, of course, would be the people you'd have preferred to hire. Those are the people I've hired so far. The reality of it is you walk into somebody else's workforce because you have not opened the plant yourself or wherever it is you're working. There's a longer history than you starting your own company just now. Oh, man. Well, there's so much more to talk about now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess first, it's focused on what kind of team do you have and what kind of culture do you want in your team? What's most conducive to a healthy work environment and what's not? I have a very strict no-bullying tolerance in my workforce. And that extends to everything, whether it's gender identity, harassment, I mean, anything. It's a zero tolerance. I don't, I don't tolerate it at all. So if someone is hired on to my team and I've accepted them for who they are, everyone else should Then they're too. part of the team, and that's that. And you are willing then, as a manager, to put yourself on that says, this person is now part of our team, and you will be on board. And that's the law of the land. We will accept each other and have professional relationships. Absolutely. If you're on my team, you're on board. And that's the way it is. As a manager who might have this person coming on, you're saying a lot because you've chosen to hire this person. And that's this point of view. It's not somebody else that's already on the workforce. You're choosing to hire them and you're willing to then stand by them and perhaps draw a line in that sand with people who may or may not be on board with this. Sure. Of course. I mean, in any aspect, politically, I mean, anything, if you hire someone who's even a different political party than you. Are you going to support them being on your team? Or are you going to let them get bullied because other people have a different political viewpoint? You can't draw the line there and not somewhere else. You know, you have to make sure that you're consistent in your management approach and how you treat all people. I can't make specifics on where I can say, yeah, that's bullying or no, that's okay. They're just joking. Then there's not consistent management. So, you know, and you're willing to then put your reputation and employment and everything else on the line to say, I am an ally This person is now under my protection. Absolutely. So what would you say to somebody who was not as defined? They kind of want to be an ally. It sounds like a good idea. They kind of want to hire this person, but it's still sight unseen. Yeah, it can be tough. How do you help somebody make the decision to commit to being an ally at the workplace with the power that they have as a manager? I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I think most managers, when they see a trans person, even at like a hiring event, they'll say, you know what? Maybe I'm not comfortable with this. I feel too insecure with what I might say, I don't want to offend this person. It's better if I just don't interview them. And that's the wrong approach. You're offending them by not interviewing them. Well, that's what I'm really hoping we can accomplish today right now is that it is that simple to help the people in this on the fence boat recognize, actually, it's not that big of a deal. Introduce yourself, ask names and pronouns, and then move on with your interview. And then if you've hired a good employee, stand by their work. Absolutely. 10 times out of 10. That's all we're looking for. Right. I hire good people and I'm proud of that. Where are trans people then protected and not protected? Can we fire them because they're trans? Not anymore. (laughs) Unfortunately, very recently. But yeah, you can't, like I mentioned last episode, Bostock versus Clayton County, there's a Supreme Court ruling that you cannot fire someone for being trans or non-binary. Granted, that doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't happen. It just means that the person who is fired has some legal authority to counter that. Well, let's take some of the problem cases then of where it's okay to enforce and where it's not. Let's say I'm a trans woman and I am over the top, need to have all of my stuff and whatever, and I'm over the top feminine in a way that doesn't really fit with the workplace. Because that's the fear, right? You've got some sort of a trans woman. She's, she's going to have to dress up and I'm making stuff up. I don't, right. I'm trying to make up Dumb my, my bigoted fears right now. But how then do you address that? 
if you've got a problem that is a problem case. Sure. Because specifically of their transness. I guess that's a valid question. If you're worried that they're not going to fit with the culture of your team, I guess assess the culture of your team. Do some reflection on what kind of manager you'd like to be and what kind of team you'd like to have. But let's say that if you would ask a normal person, hey, I see that you're super energetic and you're very over the top. However, my team isn't like that. Would you still want to be on a team that isn't super energetic and super over the top? I love over the top. Right? And oh, I do too. That's our team. <laughs> it is. <laughs> However, letting them know what your team's like, that's very valid. And this is after they're hired, you can have these conversations. Of course you can. Or even during the hiring process. This is the culture of my team. I tell this to every person to hire, regardless of identity. And then again, to get back to the point of regardless of identity, if you had somebody who was born a woman, living as a woman, but insisted on wearing the feather boas, which is way out of dress code, right? Well, of you course. would talk to them. Absolutely. But. And if you would talk to somebody under these circumstances, regardless of the person doing it, you're safe. Of course. There's nothing to be afraid of Absolutely. as a manager. No, of course not. Because that's the thing. The discrimination is to protect people who might be discriminated against. Generally, it doesn't happen where well-meaning people do it accidentally. Sure. Yeah, you kind of have to intentionally target someone you do. for that discrimination to kind of be a thing. If you're a good person trying to do the right thing, you don't have to be afraid of this. Oh, of course not. Just asking the simple questions, would I ask any other woman this same question? Would I treat any other man this same way? Yes. Well, and if the answer is yes, this is not appropriate for anybody to wear flip-flops at a coffee shop. I don't care if your toes are painted. You can't wear flip-flops. You've got to change that. You need to have close-toed shoes. Right. So I think a lot of managers are hung up on potentially hiring a trans person because of those issues. And that's exactly it. But that's what I'm trying to find out here. Is it shouldn't be that difficult. Think about it as non-retaliatory. Am I retaliating because I have this bias? Is it implicit or is it not implicit? Or is it just, hey, this person's out of dress code? And then you have to talk about it. It's, again, really a very straightforward thing. So as, as much as it might seem awkward when your first trans interviewee shows up, there are some really simple things you can do that make it quite approachable and not really the big deal that it might seem to be, even though it's a hot button issue these days. Of course. I know one of the things that people will often ask trans people is they'll ask their medical histories. They'll ask things that are super inappropriate to ask anybody. Okay. Is it legal to ask medical history stuff? No, absolutely not. What's a specific example of an inappropriate question? Thinking about it. I mean, age, I can't ask about Okay. Your age, unless you're just a minor or not. You can ask a minor or not. You're allowed to find out whether or not somebody is sure, over 21 in a certain industry. Sure, exactly. Okay. But I can't discriminate against your age, your religion, where you're from. But you can ask those things. I can't. You can't even ask them. I can't. I can't even indirectly ask it. Like, what year did you graduate? Or what town are you from? What school did you attend? What holy festivals do you participate with? Exactly. Yeah. Do I need a big time off for you for specific things? I can't even ask that, no matter how indirect it is. Okay. And that's legal federal Supreme Court. That's just not a Colorado thing. That is the law of this country. Okay. So let's say you do ask me some question about my medical history. What is the best way to deflate that as an interviewee? I'm going to assume you didn't know better. Sure. Because if you're a bigot, I don't really want to work for you anyway. No, exactly. The world shouldn't be that way, but a job interview is not the place to set the world right. For right now, we'll table that. Sure. There may be activists down the road listening to this and say, wait a minute, that's my place. And if it is, more power to you. Absolutely. But for today, we're going to keep that as a side. What is the appropriate way, assuming you mean well, but didn't know you couldn't ask me, for me to say, 
I don't have to legally tell you that. Because that right there is confrontational. It says, I know the law and I'm ready to stick it to you. Sure. I mean, I think it's just as simple as saying, you know, I'm not super comfortable talking about that. Or how does that relate to what I have to be performing? Will that relate to my job? Right. And that's a legitimate, like, I can deflect those. Oh, well, how how will that affect my job? Right. And then your interviewee can think, you know what? That actually has nothing to do with your job. And they're going, oh, that was just a question. And I'm sure they'd probably ask for forgiveness afterwards. I would. (laughs) (laughs) You'd hope. I know if someone asked me, one of the most common questions I get is, when are you getting the surgery? At an interview? At interviews, and then just in any interactions that I meet people. Outside of interviews, my response would be, what's the last surgery you had? To like turn that question. But in an interview, I would probably either say, I do not appreciate that question, or I would say, this interview is over. Yeah, I was like, I would say that question is completely inappropriate and this interview is over. Yes. Okay. Because that's also not the kind of place you want to work. No, clearly not. But there's a chance that it's a good company and that your interviewer is a bum. It's true. That would be my initial reaction right now in the mindset that I'm in. Okay. Well, taking it from just a manager perspective, what would that have to do with my interview anyhow? I would never consider... Asking that. I mean, no, it's based, completely baseline curiosity, sure, it could be there. Maybe I am deeply curious about this. However, it is now the time to ask. Maybe I should develop a relationship with this person to better understand them, get closer to them. Eventually, maybe if it becomes okay, we can talk about these things. But at an interview, when I just met somebody, that's clearly, it's clearly inappropriate for the interviewer. Off the board. Absolutely. So there are maybe some gray areas of, I'm not comfortable talking about that. Let's move on. And that's a really straightforward. That's valid. Oh, Oh man, I'm sorry I said that out loud. Jeez, that's... Uh. Of course. And again, I don't want to make this seem like a manager should feel dissuaded for interviewing anybody. Right, because you need to continue the interview. Yes, exactly right. You would treat this interview exactly how you would treat anybody else. I would recommend having pre-written questions for every single person, being incredibly non-biased. That's exactly what I do. You don't rewrite them for each person, but you know your general list of questions, and then sometimes something specific comes up. What I do is I read exactly word for word for every single person. But you also have a company, though, with an advanced HR department that helps put these things together. Are these your questions? Oh, this was, yeah, of course, this was company-issued. However, this was even before I had that following, that leading. I would say every person is a potential candidate. I'm going to treat them exactly all the same. And the funny thing about that is that none of the questions, and we've talked about your list of questions and things in the past, I've heard you interview, none of these questions have any answers that if we were to read them afterward about whether or not a male or a female or somebody in between answered the questions. Absolutely. It doesn't ever even come up. It's because it doesn't matter. It doesn't. We're not in a workforce where that is an issue. No, my questions are solely on how do you deal with other people? How do you interact with coworkers? How do you deal with conflict? And how do you talk to your manager? That's about it. And there are variations of that, or that's really, those are the questions. I mean, in so many words, those are the questions. So you, you've hired somebody, we've covered that if you would treat them the same as you would any of their counterparts, that it's not discrimination and you're safe. And you've talked about how to prepare your workforce. And that's really just by leading by that example of saying, this person is now under my protection, along with all of you. Yep. What other concerns might some of your fellow managers have that perhaps we've missed here? It can be just an uncomfortable situation for them. I understand that. Um, Not always will you have time to talk with a trans person. However, I would challenge you to go out of your way to do so. That way you don't get caught unaware next time. There's not a lot of us, but, you know, the ones that are pretty open, I know I am, to have conversations. 
All right. Well, there we go. If we have any other further questions, once we've got all of our web things working and our uh, social media up and running, we can always do a follow-up interview down the road if that should be a thing. If anybody wants to share personal experiences, I think people they've hired or times that things didn't work well, I understand fully all too well by the statistics that discrimination is a thing. Absolutely. We're not ignoring that at all. But I'm working really hard to get a positive approach of here's what we can do as a civilization to rise above it. Absolutely. So your stories, yes, I'm sure they are out there. Megan, you are also interviewing right now for secondary work. I know that. And you already have stories from every series of interviews you've ever done of times you were not treated fairly. And for that, for my part, I am very sorry that that is part of your experience. And sadly, I know you're not alone in that. Yeah, I'm definitely not. But hopefully this drop in the bucket is something for somebody. So somebody out there can get an interview, be comfortable interviewing somebody, empowered enough to interview somebody after listening to this, or go in being your authentic self to an interview, bring your charisma, bring your character, bring that to the table and land that job that you want. Because everybody loves the validation of working and doing a good job and being recognized by their peers and their management. And everybody deserves this. Absolutely. I wish all of you the best, both in this room and our listeners. And uh, if you've got things that we've missed, please email them over to us or put it in the comments and social media someplace. Megan is checking all of those things regularly and we will do follow-ups and do whatever it is we can to help you out. Absolutely. Yeah. Same here. Well, thank you both. This has been a real pleasure. I feel like we covered some really interesting territory today. Oh, absolutely. All right. Have a wonderful afternoon. You as well. This episode is brought to you by our patrons at Patreon, Mark, Allen, Rose, Bodil. These episodes would not be possible to create without the support of our generous patrons. If you'd like to be a patron, please follow the link in the description and sign up. Thank you.